A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co/insomnia. Money, health, appetite, sleep, happiness. When there are huge life stress around you, which one would go down first for you? Several years ago, when I first got my license, I still remembered how struggled I was trying to figure out: Do I want to stay in a large hospital just for stability, or do I want to try to risk it to open up my own practice? That way, I can really explore and try to do whatever I want to do. As my money, my savings draining out, I got more and more anxious. The stress level around me just built up so much, and of course, not surprisingly, around that time, my sleep really went down. I could not fall asleep easily, and it was really difficult for me to wake up in the morning. The struggle. With the stress, was so real. Then, what can we do to deal with those stress? Today, our guest, Doctor Miu, shared quite a lot of practical skills for us. After I talked to her, I really feel like this could be helpful. If I knew this back then, several years ago, I possibly could deal with the stress much better. And my sleep wouldn't suffer so much back then. Stay with us and find out more. Hi, welcome to Deep Into Sleep. I am Yishan. So today we have Dr. Andriana Miu from Texas. She earned her PhD in Emory University, and she did her postdoctoral fellowship in Stanford Psychiatry Department. Now she is a licensed psychologist. Hi, Dr. Miu. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know. Actually, you are a psychologist.、You、used to work in、um, San Francisco Bay Area, which where I am right now, and now you moved to Texas. You work there、uh, and doing clinical work and research at the same time, right? Yeah,、um, I am mostly working in the adult outpatient clinic、um, at UC Southwestern Medical Center. It is a academic medical setting,、um, but we see a lot of people in the general clinic. So I know you are an expert in the area of trauma informed care. I think we all experience a lot of daily stress. Or global stress, such as the coronavirus pandemic. Then, what you think the general public could really learn from this professional area of knowledge to really help them cope with the situation better? Yeah, one of the core things about trauma coping or trauma informed coping is safety. So safety can come in different ways, and it may look like making sure that you have all the things that you need for the upcoming period, rather than feeling like all of a sudden you have to like be blindsided from some changes. So 
this may look like appropriately, like stocking up your pantry and getting the medications and have at least two weeks supply or one month supply if you can, so that you feel like there's this like um, there's so there's this rescue mode, like something if something were to happen, you can rely on that supply of food and medications, and you're not gonna need to go into this like panic react mode. Um, other things that can help people feel safer, maybe just general good practice of self care, um, and this like I think you can share more about the please mastery, um, which mm-hmm. is a really nice way of breaking down what are the core important components of self care. Um, so please, like it stands for physical illness in a PL. So that may be taking care of your body, um, taking prescribed medications, and making sure that we don't we take care of our body and have good immune system um, in that sense. And then E of the please is eating. And usually when we are stuck at home, that might be the time to overeat because we're bored. Um, or we might be too tired or too stressed out to cook. But this is actually one of the most important thing to do is to make sure we do balanced eating so that we take in good nutrients and we are having a good immune system. Um, the A in the please is avoid mood-altering drugs. Um, so that may be making sure that we reduce the amount of drugs or alcohol that we use so that we're in the best shape um, and we are more grounded and more stable in our lives. And the more grounded and more even we feel, that's the time when we feel the safest. Um, And that's what I would recommend in terms of this traumatic time of the COVID-19 when there's just so much uncertainties. The more we feel more grounded and safe, um, the more stable and certain we like or feel more in control. And then after the A part and part of the S part and of the please is sleep. Um, so this is one of the hardest things. And as Yishan, you mentioned that we might read the news, we might be mm-hmm. doing a lot of things right before our sleep, and we might just stay up worrying about what will happen. Um, but sleep is going to be the most important things. And later on, we can talk more about needing to reduce the exposure to mm-hmm. news um, so that we are not constantly thinking that the threat is near us or that we're under constant threat. Um, Besides the sleep, is the exercise. And this is also another major challenging area because we can't go out as much. It's harder to exercise at the gym or run outside. And this might be the time to consider other forms of exercise like yoga or HIIT exercises, something that you can do at home so that, again, you can build up the immune system. Right. I definitely do that a lot more right now. Actually, it feels like I am exercising more often than before. 
That is so funny. That is exactly my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been thinking, well, I'm not commuting as much, so I might as well use that commute time that I gain to do just a little bit. Um, and it's been kind of fun to try out something new because I don't usually follow an app to exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But this coronavirus has definitely forced me to do that. Yeah, I actually liked uh, one of the small points you just mentioned. Save up the commute time we had before. Use it for some small daily self-care routines, right? Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. I have some clients coming in. They've been using that time to work more and then feel like burned out, exhausted, and not happy. But when they when we talk about that, they realize, oh, my commute time before I used to listen to podcasts, music. Now I don't have that time, so I just end up overworking. Yeah, and actually, I mean, I even need to monitor myself because I noticed I was sometimes it's harder to call it an end of the workday because you are you have been working from home all day long. So you might forget to like shut off the computer or to stop checking the work messages after a few hours. But I would really recommend like setting a good routine uh, with beginning of the workday and end of workday so that we don't end up actually losing the hours for self-care. Right, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the very last part of the self-care is try to find ways for mastery or building mastery. And we can't even think of um, this as being a silver lining because in the past when we used to go to work, it's harder to fit in time, um, like the time you use in commuting especially in the Bay Area, it's so long. Mm-hmm. And now you have this extra time. That could be a nice time to try something new at home. And when you don't get to go out at all, you might actually find other things that you have been postponing or procrastinating on. That could be a time to try something new. Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I really like this handout. I think it's from DBT, right? Dialectical yes. Behavior Therapy. Very yes. good coping strategy. And I kind of like that as all in one word. Um, so it's easier to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will definitely put this on the website and uh, the link to it, to the show note. So for people to um, have access to it. And I think everyone can also Google it. There are a lot of uh, handouts mm-hmm. like this out there. Yeah, and it, people don't have to strictly follow this, but this can be a good reminder of what are the different areas of self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, the self-care is not about like, being just too nice to ourselves to eat two cookies a day. But self-care is really to take good care of our bodies and our mind. Yes, definitely. I really like that. I think we want to remind everyone, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, that self-care does not need a lot of time to do. It's, mm-hmm. it, it can really be the daily uh, little routine, small things we do for ourselves. Similarly to mindfulness, be mindful to every small moment day to day. Mm-hmm. You don't have to meditate mm-hmm. for an hour or two per day. 
Yeah, and I actually think that the mindfulness is another really good strategy to help people feel more in control. Um, when they are paying attention to the present moment, they are not so on autopilot about what's going on outside the world or having those ruminative thoughts, um, but they're able to kind of pause and notice what's really happening now. Yes. Great. So this is one of the coping strategies. I think it's very structured. It's easy for people to remember. And I totally agree. I think、uh, we all want to remind ourselves safety, self care.、Mm-hmm. Those are so、mm-hmm. important and so basic. Yeah.、Um, and there is another handout on is from Action for Happiness. Is actually a calendar of what are some of the small little things we can do during this coronavirus,、um, and I really like that the things that they mention are something small,、um, achievable. So, for example,、um, they would say make a plan、um, or write down ten things you feel grateful for. Do you want me to?、Uh, yeah, I'm pulling it up, or you can share it. Okay,、uh, let me see. Let me see. Oh, I got it.、Uh, I think so. Let me see this one, right? Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So actually, some of these things are similar along the line of mindfulness.、Mm. Um, typically, when people think about mindfulness or meditation, it's like you need to be in a super like Zen mode in a super setting. Where you can just totally be in that moment. That's actually kind of hard when you're working from home with other people. So these might be a little bit more doable. Like for example, in the day eleven,、um, notice five things that are beautiful in the world in the world around you.、Mm-hmm. That could be a fun thing to do. So that、mm-hmm. we're not just focusing on coronavirus, we can notice the plants we might have, or the trees outside, and the spring that's going on right now、um, right. that we didn't get to enjoy as much. <laughs>、um, an example, for example, number sixteen, it could be we discover your favorite music that really lifts your spirits.、Um, So this calendar kind of gives people one idea one day to try,、um, and this might be a more achievable way of dealing with the fire, dealing with the crisis, rather than feeling like, oh, I need to check off this and this and that.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that, especially when you have one thing every day. It's very easy to follow, right?、Mm-hmm. I don't have to think、mm-hmm. much. Uh, I can just come to this calendar and think about okay, today is Monday. Which one I want to do? Okay, that's it. Let me try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely had a lot of people after we practice different psychological skills, they start forgetting what we have learned. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I know. It's like we introduce so many different ones that they it's hard to keep track. Um, but the good thing is, I think from therapy, they tend to remember some of it. So if you remind them, they will know or they will pick it up really quickly.、Mm. Um, but these things are actually doable even if you're working remotely. Right. Right. 
There's also other parts of trauma-informed care to consider. Um, for example, trying to get good, trustworthy information. Um, we mentioned earlier about reading news and not um, not over being overexposed or not spending way too much time on news. So we talked about safety, and the second part is really about being transparent and getting the right information. So I've had people who turn on the news station for the whole day, um, like for example on NBC, and they actually become really overwhelmed because they are exposed to the news all the day, all the time. And actually, at the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak, I used to track the number of cases in my area pretty closely. But later on, I decided, wow, that's just like way too much information. And having an additional 100 cases is not going to change my preparation plan. Mm. So I just decided like at this point, like after you already know all the key information you need and the trusted information, then it's probably good to restrict the amount of time you spend on researching. Right. Yeah, definitely. Especially when sleep is a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reading too much and um, yeah, that, that can turn into nightmares, turn into Mm -hmm. difficulties falling asleep, or I even have time, I have people trigger their like panic attacks in the middle of the night. They just Mm -hmm. uh, wake up often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Another part about trauma or traumatic experiences is is because the, the situation is so uncertain, we tend to want to find a lot of information. We want to be as knowledgeable as we can so that we feel more in control. Mm -hmm. Um, But that could backfire. Mm. At the same time, I think if you are in a position where you're in management or leadership, that may be a time to think about being as transparent as you can. There are employees who might worry about their financial security or what's going to happen with the company. And if they don't know, but they are guessing the worst case scenario, that can actually add on to the traumatic experience of the coronavirus itself. Mm. When we don't know anything, we are guessing, we are predicting, that can trigger a lot of imaginations. And usually the predictions are more of the negative type, especially during this time. I can't imagine someone thinking like, oh, I'm going to get a bonus at work. Exactly. So it's more like a catastrophizing possibly. Yeah. So if you are in a situation of management or leadership, if you can kind of help them set the right expectation, like, well, the company, like we might not be able to keep all the hours, but we expect this and that, that may actually help some of the anxiety for the employees. Mm. Yes, definitely. I think uh, that's a good guideline for a lot of managers for leadership positions, what you can do to really manage people's mental health and sense of security, sense of like, uh, low, lower their anxiety right now. 
And actually, if we think about the, the transparency in the U.S. response initially, the mixed messages of hearing someone say that it's going to be bad and then hearing somebody say it's not that bad, it actually is worse than just <laughs> telling people exactly where it is. Right. And so people can know and trust that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now look back. I think we all learned a lot from this process and surprisingly yeah. see this pattern, how that triggered people's emotional reactions over time. Yeah. And it's kind of funny how like we might come from a good intention of wanting to calm people down, not mm. to worry them too much, but actually that can backfire when information might be the thing that people really want and need or the transparency and trustworthiness. Right. That's such a good point. Yeah. Well, in the other parts of trauma-informed care um, also include the idea of peer support. And I know we talked a lot about social distancing, Mm -hmm. and that is kind of the opposite of like the idea of distancing from social connections is actually opposite of what's good for people. How to maintain physical distance, but psychological connections, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially if people are already feeling like stressed out or mm-hmm. loss of control, mm-hmm. having some peer support either from family, friends, or even colleagues, um, could be really helpful in managing the uncertainties of the situation. In the rest of the trauma-informed model from SAMHSA, there's also collaboration, empowerment and choice, and cultural sensitivity. Mm. Um, Maybe I can talk more about empowerment and choice because during this time, so many people didn't have the choice about going to work or I mean, I mean like going to the work building or going out and about, it's kind of like the choice is taken away from them because mm-hmm. of the shelter in place orders or stay at home. So this is a time that actually makes people feel more stuck and hopeless when they don't get to choose. Um, and this could be, In ways of coping with that, some people could think about having more choices in ways that are within your control. So if you are in a family where you can't really go out to eat that much, that may be to ask like the kids, like, oh, what choices would you like in choosing which restaurant to get takeouts from? Or what like what would be a fun item to get during this time? So people could still have some sort of choice and control in part of their life during this time when we don't get to say whether we go out as much. I like that. So when the whole outside environment cannot offer us the same thing, we can Mm -hmm. still try to create some choices and empower ourselves and Mm -hmm. empower people around us with Mm -hmm. uh, other choices. Yeah, yeah. And that might also look like in work. Um, You might think about giving people more flexibility in terms of when they submit something, 
understanding that some parents they have a lot of young kids at home and they need to kind of help them with school mm -hmm. so their deadline maybe like their ability to meet a deadline will be more later at night than during normal business hours Mm. And being more flexible and giving people the choice to choose something would likely be really helpful at this right. time. Right. I feel like a lot of people working from home do feel more um, control of their own schedule. Is there any strategies people can start practicing day to day that does not take a lot of time? It's easy to remember, you know, really help with this kind of stress. Yeah, um, I would say really sticking to a good routine mm -hmm. um, in your daily schedule would be great. So starting with like getting up at a certain time, starting work at a certain time, and then ending work at a certain time. I think ending is one of the most important thing, um, like shutting off the computer or really unwinding rather than staying on it. And then the other thing is to be limiting the amount of information we get about the coronavirus because at a certain point, it's not really helpful. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, um, any like, oh, before we go to the resources, actually, I have one question about the culture sensitivity because um, our clinic is collaborating with the county locally. We are trying to have an online free support group for the Asian community to mm -hmm. deal with all this extra stress right now we are all facing. Yeah, so from your point of view, I think that's part of this, uh, this stress, right? One of the stressors for a lot of people, no matter what kind of ethnicity background you are from. So uh, how can we understand this culture sensitivity, this culture piece in all this situation we are dealing with? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought it up because certain rhetoric in the um, there is some discrimination on particularly Asian American groups mm -hmm. and that can further re-traumatize or add right. on the whole e stressful experience of the coronavirus. So a big part is to recognize whether you're Asian or not, to recognize that this coronavirus is not just like stressful because of the illness, it's also stressful because of the impacts and the discrimination on the Asian American groups. And what that could look like is even if you don't identify as Asian, but understanding that maybe your Asian American neighbors are worried about going to the grocery store or being outside walking around and facing either verbal or physical like discrimination. And I'm sure everyone would appreciate checking in and just knowing that someone else is thinking about them and recognizing that they're not like, just like everyone else, like they're not just worried about the coronavirus. They are worried about how other people are treating them, what they say, whether they're being blamed for the virus, whether they are being discriminated or seen as the coronavirus carrier, mm -hmm. um, being able to, like, I, I think like if there's more empathy and recognition of the impacts this has on 
Asian American population, that would be really helpful as just coping.、Mm, so the awareness is、mm-hmm. as important as coping itself. And if you are Asian American, that may be a time to check in with yourself. How do you feel about all this discrimination going on? Are you worried about your own safety? And while we don't want to always jump to conclusion of what might happen, it's good to normalize and validate our own feelings, especially given what's going on. And this could also be a time to brainstorm different ways of helping you feel safer. So maybe instead of going to the grocery store physically, it could be getting online deliveries.、Um, it could be instead of taking a walk at a certain time when there are a lot of people, you might choose a time when you feel like is more protect, like safer.、Mm-hmm. Um, so this might be a time to really check in with yourself, like when you might feel safest. Where you might feel safest.、Mm. Yeah. So we all have the ability to create some safety space for、mm-hmm. ourselves, or for、mm-hmm. to create a sense of security for ourselves. So、mm-hmm. we really want.、Uh, sounds like we want to look into ourselves to find out where is the comfort zone in this、mm-hmm. kind of situation. How we can protect that. And how we can help ourselves still be able to function, do whatever we need to do, and at the same time protect ourselves well. Yeah, and be gentle with ourselves if we do feel unsafe. To recognize that makes a lot of sense because typically we feel bad for feeling bad. We need to really take good care of ourselves and be more. Like、uh, aware what's going on around us, and take it slow, take it gentle, be gentle to ourselves, and be gentle to people around us.、Mm-hmm. Because safety is the core of dealing with trauma. Right, right. I really like that core of safety. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. After hearing this, I am sure a lot of people want to know more about this, like trauma informed coping or. Other psychological coping strategies. What are some good resources you recommend to people、mm-hmm. who you know have this need to continue to get more, learn more, and use more to cope with the situation? Yeah,、um, I can send you a few links、um, mm-hmm. that will be on trauma-informed coping、uh, for、okay. COVID nineteen. Great.、Um, I can. There's also other strategies and handouts that I use in my clinical practice, especially、mm-hmm. on coronavirus anxiety workbook、um, okay. that I found really helpful because they break down unhelpful thinking and activities that people can do,、um, and ways to identify what's within our control, how we can ensure that safety in ourselves, while recognizing we can't control everything outside. Wow, that sounds awesome. That sounds very practical. That down to earth skills people can really understand and use. And I especially like that point you mentioned to identify what is in our control, what it is out of our control, and what really we can do for ourselves、mm-hmm. right now. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is definitely a weird time for all of us. <laughs> definitely, yeah. I think it's also important for us to normalize it,、uh, to validate our own feelings, right? If we we feel unsafe, we feel insecure, we feel anxious. I think we are not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Great. So, Andriana, if if people want to find you, or if they want know more about your clinical work, your research,、um, how can they find you, or read more about you, or contact you? Yeah. So I have a faculty profile.、Um, so if people look up UT Southwestern.、Um, And my name, Adriana Mew. They should be able to look up my faculty profile, and which includes information on contacting me.、Mm-hmm. Great. So, in the medical field,、uh, field you are working in,、uh, can people directly make appointment with you, or you just have to go through the clinic and they are assigned? Uh, that is、therapy. the part about working in a clinic because、uh-huh. I can't. I'm not the one to control everyone's referrals, and、mm-hmm. there's sometimes a wait list, so the clinic handles all of that. Yeah, thank you for coming today. Very nice talking to you. Hopefully, we get a chance to chat again. Yeah, same here. Bye.、Mm-hmm. Have a good day. Bye. So this is my conversation with Doctor Mew. I don't know whether any of you had similar. Opinion with me before that trauma is such a heavy word. It's not something we need to worry about day to day. It's not、uh, often seen in everyone's life. But right now, under this pandemic, we are all under some kind of traumatic experience. We are facing a huge amount of stress, and this is a not a normal situation for us all. So, hopefully, the strategies Dr. Mu shared here can really inspire you to practice, to really start learning how to deal with the day-to-day stress right now. I will put all the informations, the links, the book she mentioned on the show note at deepintosleep.co. Slash episode slash zero three five, and you can find all the information there. So there actually are more information in this interview, and you actually can find the video version of this interview on our YouTube channel. If you just search "Ask Ishan," you will find the channel, and you will be able to watch the full video of this interview with her. So next week we will have a sleep specialist sharing her expertise in menopause and sleep. Again, I'm your host Ishan. Thanks for listening to our show, Deep into Sleep. I will see you next week. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk, and our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.
Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co/insomnia. forward